Hey guys, this is Colin from Blackjack Apprenticeship, and we are uh, doing a podcast. We have with us a guest. Um, he is actually um, the winningest blackjack player that we've ever played with. Um, he has been a professional card counter for how many years now? Uh, six. For six years, and um, he writes on Blackjack Apprenticeship under the name Loudon Often. That's <sighs> that's not a the crowd goes wild. <laughs> that's not not his, his real name, but but uh, he wants to keep a little bit of of mystery and and uh, separation between his casino uh, personality and his blackjack apprenticeship personality. But without any more introduction, um, this is our interview with Mr. Loudon Often. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So to back up a bit to, what, seven years ago, um, how'd you get into card counting? Uh, well, the first thing that happened was I came across it on my own. I'd played blackjack before, uh, you know, sort of employed some of the more superstitious elements of, you know, how to win at blackjack, um, <clears throat> double your bet three times and then go back to your original bet or whatever it was. Uh, I just thought it was an interesting game. Uh, but then I read somewhere that it was beatable. So I I looked up a little bit more. It was really hard to find information online that was had any sort of decent... Um, I don't know. It wasn't, it wasn't easy to find good information. So I found the basics, uh, and I went and tried to do it on my own in the casino with uh, like 20 bucks in my pocket. Yeah, so you're saying when you were searching on AOL... 10 years ago, 15 years ago, <laughs> had a little trouble. Yeah, it might have it might have been right around, you know, Google yeah. or pre-Google uh, search engine. So so you thought you'd do it on your own and and uh, how'd it go? It was I was wildly successful. <laughs> I I think I won all of my first 19 sessions and I was I for sure, I guarantee you I was not counting very well. I was not employing very good basic strategy or deviations. I had, you know, some good ones memorized, but <laughs> I wasn't doing them regularly. And my my betting strategy was never what I thought it was going to be going in. I was always scared to do a big bet, even yeah. though my big bet was like 10 or 15 bucks. So you were, you were under betting, but just couldn't lose? Oh, totally under betting and totally variance was on my side. That's hilarious. So I thought, I thought I was doing everything right and, you know, I was off to the races. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Um, so winning 19 sessions in a row, why didn't you just uh, keep going and parlay it into 100 straight wins? Well, the next step was I, I ran into an actual card counter who was doing it for a living and was buying a house. And uh-huh. so to me, that represented the next level. So if I was going in with 20 bucks and winning, it's like, well, what am I doing wrong that I could be, you know, buying myself a house or whatever? Yeah. Uh, so I was like, I got to meet this guy. I got to, you know, cull his brain and, and find out what the next level is. For you got you to put those big bets out. <laughs> right. Uh, so that was Ben. Uh, and I met him through a church connection. And uh, so... I met up with him at a, a dingy little mini casino on Aurora in Seattle, and uh, this was late at night, and watched him throw out black chips, you know, and do do his game on a, it was like a double deck game they had there. And then he got some, you know, crazy comp, so we went to the restaurant and ordered omelets with like, everything in it, or, you know, pizzas yeah. with everything on it, or whatever it was. 
uh, and I felt like this is awesome. Uh, you know, I want, I got to find out exactly yeah. what he's doing and, you know, I got to become part of this. So, so, uh, how did that affect your, your own play? Um, did, did, uh, did it deter you? Did it excite you? Did, did you just start betting more or what happened? Well, I wasn't, you know, playing for me was still hobby uh, arena. So when I had a couple ex- hundred extra dollars, I would, I would, you know, go down and try it out. But that night when I met with Ben was um, a, a key turning point in my blackjack career because he gave me a book by Stanford Wong. Uh, and it had all of the, the numbers and uh, everything in it. And I, I basically ran my odds through that uh, material yeah. to find out based on how I was playing the game what I could expect if I was playing perfectly. And what I discovered was that I, if I was playing perfectly, which I wasn't, I, I guarantee it, but if I was playing perfectly, I could make like five cents an hour. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so there was no, on paper, there was no future for me. And sure enough, I started going to the casino, and that, those first 19 sessions were a total mirage. Yeah. And I started losing like crazy, uh, even though I was you know, playing the same way I had been. Yeah, that's funny. The same thing happened to me when I started. Um, I, I went to casinos. I was just practicing. I think I was adding a dollar per true count. Um, so there, there wasn't even I, maybe a $5 minimum bet. There, there was no way I even had a positive EV game, but... Of course, within the first two nights of practicing, and I was probably off on the count, making basic strategy mistakes, but I'm up, you know, two, three, four, five hundred bucks, and I'm thinking, this is easy money, and I start bragging to my friends about it, and then, of course, over the next couple sessions, I lose it all, and I'm, I'm back to zero, and that's when I was like, I don't know if there's, this really works, and I put it on the shelf for a while until Ben and I decided to take it seriously. Yeah. Now I have a question. Were you, when you would have those little wins, uh, were you able to say that that's I'm building my pool? Uh, <laughs> because I would always, if I won three hundred bucks, I, I would live like a king, and oh. the next time I came, it would be I'd have the forty dollars over again. I wasn't sort of building anything, which was a clue <laughs> that I shouldn't I shouldn't have been messing with yeah. it because I wasn't growing my enterprise. No, I've never been much of a spender, so I, I was just thinking, you know, I'm not going to touch it, but you know, I'm going to win thousands and and then I'll be able to prove to people and say, look, look, look at what I've won, you know, but instead, of course, I, I'm back to square one, you know, back to zero after the first couple of weeks of it. So uh, then I was afraid of actually losing the money. It was, it was one thing when I was playing with the house's money, when I was back to zero, I, I started to get cold feet. Um, and until I built up the confidence, you know, had a, a couple grand to put into it, had the confidence to try it. And I, I remember when, when uh, so this is when Ben and I were first playing. This must have been when you met him at a casino. Um, and you're talking about, um, was it professional blackjack? Is that what Ben gave you? Yes. So, so do you remember it had like benchmark rates? Uh, I don't remember all the terms. Yeah. So it would say, well, if you're playing with these rules and you use this bet right. spread. Yeah. No, that's familiar now. So so you're probably using that and then calculate, okay, I've got about a five cent an hour, <laughs> five cent an hour win rate. I remember reading that thing and it would say $20 an hour. And I was just, it blew my mind that, that if, 
if I could find these rules. In a good way, right? You're oh, saying like, yeah. It's like the easiest $20 an hour you've ever yeah, made. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was eye-opening to me that I could make $20 an hour. You know, of course, I didn't have the bankroll to bet the way he was saying. Well, you, you were flipping burgers on your feet all day, yeah, right, at yeah. that time. So that sounded pretty good to sit down yeah. in the casino and make 20 bucks an hour. Yeah, but, but you had the opposite effect. You looked at it and said, okay, well, with what I've got, it's a fraction of that. Not really worth the time. Right, right. And <clears throat> I knew that I couldn't keep up if I wasn't building some sort of bankroll. Uh, and part of that was I knew that the way Ben was operating was <clears throat> stick to the system, grow the grow the pool or find, you know, people to to bank you or back you. Because at that point he was getting involved in, uh, you know, team play too. And I read about the MIT team. And so I realized that was probably where it was at if I was ever to do it, which yeah. is play with someone else's money and just be a, a soldier. <laughs> so that must have been about the time that we were, we were really growing, growing things on our own. So you put it on the shelf for a while, and then, then uh, what changed for you? Well, it was, I think, about an, exactly a year from that time. Uh, and I kind of watched Ben do a little bit of a burnout on it. And then I, I watched him sort of try to hide his identity. Like he came in with like bleach blonde hair <laughs> one Sunday to church. So I, I felt like he was, I was kind of watching him out of the corner of my eye and he was, he was burning out a little bit. But then uh, a year later, I got laid off from my job and I'd gone through that before and it, it was a rough jo- job market and I didn't want to, you know, beat the streets for another sort of dead end desk job editing uh, trade publications. So I, uh, I was on the, the lookout for something and, uh, you know, this church that we had in common, I was I was stay at home dad because I was out of work. Uh, so I was with the you know some young kids, uh, and uh, my my daughter and my son, and we were going to mom play group like uh-huh. this church event that would happen every Wednesday where all the all the moms stay at home moms would you know get their kids together and you know play and talk about diapers and the Bible and all this stuff. Yeah. And so I was it was me and all these moms at this um, at this play group. And uh, this week I went was uh, at Ben's house, and uh, Cammy, his wife, um, was hosting it. And in the middle of of uh, the playgroup, uh, she got a phone call, and it was these guys out on the road who apparently Ben had hired or was in league with in some way, and they were calling with all kinds of questions and concerns, and they were driving through the Arizona desert with like thousands okay. and thousands of dollars going from one casino to the next. Okay, I know who that was. Right. And I, I thought, what's going on and how can I get involved yeah. in this? Because I, I understood pretty quickly. And Cammy saw the look on my face, you know, when she explained, these are guys that, you know, Ben hired, gave money to, trained yeah. them to play the game and sent them out. And so I was, you know, my eyes were big as saucers and I was, I was wanting to know yeah how this all came together so so for people listening that don't really know too much of our story ben and i started playing together i don't know 2002 ish and um it was kind of a hobby and pretty quickly we started making money at it and started treating it pretty seriously but we like uh loudon said we got a little burned out but that's when uh we kind of had the idea of training some of our friends to play that um that could use employment or were excited about it. We're more excited than we were at, at the time. And uh, so we started growing a team and sending them 
uh, around around the country or countries to to play. Um, so I remember when you started, tra- you were one of the quickest from point A to, to a test out. What, what was that like for you? Um, so when I when I I, I had this. I'm going to prove myself there. Yeah. So I wanted to prove to Ben I could do this thing. And I had sort of this chip on my shoulder, like, I've done this already. Yeah. I know what I'm doing. I've got a head start. Because uh, I remember the first time I met with uh, you, Colin, I showed up with another person who was interested in uh, doing this, which was uh, Jeremy. Oh, yeah. And uh, so we showed up. And and. Off the bat, I was like, oh, I know more than this guy. He doesn't even know what the game is. And yeah. <clears throat> so I just had this, like, drive that I'm going to do it. Uh, you know, and there were a couple of hurdles along the way, which is I didn't, I did, wasn't, you know, the cards came out and I went blank. I didn't really yeah. know my deviations because I was doing it on a shoestring yeah. uh, idea of how to beat the game before. So I basically needed to relearn everything but i was so motivated to prove myself that it wasn't nothing was going to stop me i was just on fire i I remember that when when you came over with jeremy and i did our little our little intro talk which is like (laughs) what is ev what is blackjack how does it which which basically became the first section of our video course we got tired of doing this talk (laughs) <laughs> over and over for everybody that that was interested in joining the team, and so we said, "Well, let's just record it yeah. and uh, host it on the internet. Then say, watch this, and and uh, if we didn't scare you off, then let us know if you're still interested." But I remember doing that for you and Jeremy. The reason I remember is because Jeremy, I thought he was probably scared off by the time I was done with the talk, and I said, "So, what do you think?" And he said, "I'm in." He did. <laughs> yeah, nice. he was totally totally sold on it, but. Um, so talk a little bit more about just training, what, what that looked like for you. Uh, so the, you know, the first step was memorizing basic strategy and for somebody who thinks they've done it until somebody's dealing to you, you don't really know if you've got it because everything it's just like, you know, the, the math test at school that you thought you were going to ace. And once you see the numbers in front of you, you're, you're, you pause and stall and it always looks worse because someone's standing there waiting for you to make a decision and you're hesitating and, and pausing so yeah i realized that i wasn't fluid with the game uh i had to relearn uh basic strategy and then from there you know get the deviations going uh, you know keep the count uh and not mess it up and um uh all those sort of first steps in learning the game you know go through those stages where you feel like an idiot and where you feel like you're a total newbie yeah. uh and uh, uh but I, you know there was there was some weird byproducts during uh training which is i was doing so much head energy into focusing on counting and keeping numbers and that i would i would my stomach would tighten the whole time i was uh in a session uh and my head would get this loop going of numbers and i would be you know 30 minutes down the road after the session had ended and i would still have a number going in my head yeah just because my body hadn't learned how to use that information and process it in a comfortable way so i was just on like manic overload with information well i think i still do that i'll be 10 minutes after a session and still have some number running running in my head. 
But I think probably any any card character can relate to that. Did it ever become... Because for me, it became... There were moments of nausea that were, like, surprise moments. Like, um, like it wasn't related to a session, but, like, you know, in the middle of the day, I'd, you know, get up and get in my car to go get groceries or whatever. And I would have this weird sort of panic nausea. And I totally mentally attribute it to the time I was in training. It's just my head and my body were like not oh, in sync. I was throwing myself off, uh, or I would go. I would get on the you know after I passed the test and was playing for the team. I would get on a plane, headed somewhere, and instantly I would feel like, oh, I'm too sick. I'm going to oh. land and I'm going to throw up and I'm not going to be able to do it. I uh, I I do know that um, I've gotten sick on a few trips. I remember Ben getting. Like, you know, it seemed like food poisoning. But then when we started to see, I th- I just thought it was coincidence. But then once we had the team going, it was not uncommon for someone to have one day of their trip. They're just, they're too sick to play. Like they've got, it seems like the flu right. or food poisoning, but it's just absolute nerves. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because for me, it was never... It was never fear of playing. Like I know yeah. a lot of people on the team had a trouble. Like I can't, they can't even make it to the table because they're so, you know, they're balled they up with nerves. And it, for me, I was anxious to get to the yeah. table. So it wasn't that. It was. I mean, it may have been nerves, but it was nerves of a different sort. It was just, just like everything that went into learning the game and practicing it, and you know, putting so much energy into it that it would just do something to me. Interesting. I know that I, I tell people this. They they say, well, do you ever get nervous anymore? And I say, to be honest, there are, I, I don't know if I'd say the majority, but I wouldn't be surprised if it is. The majority of sessions for the first 5, 10, 15 minutes, I'm, I'm nervous. I, I just get a little excited and jittery, and then it, it calms down. But I, I would have thought that would go away after the first year or two, but I still get that. Yeah, I do that. And, uh, you know... It, you have to, or at least I had to be careful going into a session because I would, I could tend to counteract that by playing it really too safe. Oh yeah, like like uh, you know, overbetting uh, you know my um, safe zone. Like yeah. you know, just just tr- like oh no, they're watching me, or yeah. I'm going to get kicked out right away. Uh, you know, and, and needed to guard against you know, thinking that way, because usually what happens is, you know, 30 or 45 minutes into the session, I've got, you know, a real comfortable sense of what can, they can withstand. And I'm, I'm pushing the limits, you know, doing my big bet when I need to like, you know, clockwork without any hesitation. Yeah. Yeah. For, for me, I would, I would get that nervousness, but there, there's just a sense. There's only one way to beat the game, right? That's to, to make the right decisions, to put the bets out when I have to. And I drove all the way to this stupid casino. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna do what I have to do uh, because I gotta, I gotta get those bets out there yeah. and deal with the consequences. Yeah. So far, as far as training for me, I went. I, I seriously think I sat down with you for the first lesson, and a month later was was pushing to get tested out for the team. It was, it was about thirty days. Yeah. And then and then you test it out and and it's been uh, I don't know however many years since then, but uh, I'm sure people would be interested to hear a couple of your favorite stories 
from the trenches. Oh my gosh, my favorite stories of all time. Yeah, um, something you haven't written a blog post about. Or... <laughs> oh, well, that's going to be hard because I, <laughs> I feel like everything that's, uh, you know, my top 10 favorite moments are all in the blog posts. Well, what, what comes to mind when I, when I say some of your favorite stories? I, you know, I like some of the small town wacky things that go on. Um, my, one of my favorite ones is um, small town casino and <clears throat> there's a strange lady walking around the room who's wearing like gold spangles yeah and she's a uh, uh, a middle-aged woman but it's clear by the way everybody talks about her that she's a known quantity uh-huh. and that she's sort of the town prostitute yeah um not a pretty lady this is the small town you know but uh just kind of a weird character yeah and she she came and sat at my table and i remember when she came and sat down because she brought a sandwich with her that she you know like a sub sandwich uh-huh. and the first thing she did just was bringing her subway sandwich to to the blackjack table right and the first thing she did was she set the sandwich on the chair and then she sat on it like sat with her back against it against the oh. chair like she was nesting it oh <laughs> it was just such a weird thing just to do. warming it up keeping it warm oh uh, <laughs> Uh, and so this casino, because it was a small backwoods sort of a casino, the the dealers were not very good and they would make mistakes. And, you know, I would be on guard, you know, and try yeah. and catch, you know, payout errors and things like that. Uh, and this dealer who was, it may have been his second day, was sweating bullets just by virtue. He didn't want to get, you know, heat from the boss for, you know, how he was dealing. Yeah. So he was, he had his own issues and he was, he was really doing a bad job and I was yeah. getting the benefit of it. He was... He was paying out, you know, pushes and things like that. Yeah. Uh, and there was a specific hand that came up, and it, I, I had clearly lost. I think I had a seventeen or an eighteen, and he had a nineteen. And yeah. he started to take my money. And this woman at the table said, "No, no, no, no! Uh-huh. He wins! He wins! He wins!" Uh, and the the dealer was so flustered by that that he's like, "Oh yeah, uh, you're, yeah." And oh, he, he paid no. me on the hand that he was about to rightly take from me. So the lady with the sandwich behind her back. Clearly, for for you, she uh, says that that you won a hand that you clearly lost. Yeah. So, which is great. Like, hey, good job. Yeah. <laughs> you you, uh, you helped me in my and maybe she recognized that he was you know Miss Pang, but but she had an angle, which is the moment that he paid me out. Then her hand shot under the table towards oh, me, no. like I want my due now. Yeah. <laughs> right. And. Uh, and I didn't give her anything. Yeah. I, to me, that's a hustle, right? Yeah. Uh, and she's a lady of questionable character to begin with. Uh, she, she's no stranger to hustling. But I told that story to my wife, and I was like, you should have paid her. <laughs> you idiot. You jerk. You're such an asshole. <laughs> like, Oh, man. I'm like, what? This is a total hustler. She, she worked for it. Yeah. She Well, she, she worked for it, and she earned it, and I did not pay it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the moral of that story uh but she she threatened to tell the pit boss on me tell tell the pit boss what tell the the pit boss that he had made a mistake and you know potentially they would roll the tape back and make gonna uh point out that she had (laughs) stopped the dealer and and clearly yeah it was it, it didn't i didn't i didn't see it going very far so i didn't i didn't buy it and they they sort of wrote her off anyway she yeah hey Eva. okay yeah whatever so it sounds like some place out out in the middle of nowhere yeah and it's funny to me a lot of people that um start playing they get really excited about you know the night the bellagios and the um you know 
the the win casinos and uh to me i get excited about some place that isn't on any blackjack website and and i show up and i i don't even know if they're going to have blackjack i i get in there and they do and it's you know some place completely off the radar and then i can play there you know for hours while they're looking at their vacation plans on on the computer the the pit bosses and i'm just spreading my bet wildly yeah well i feel like that was one of the secret um advantages of our team Uh i feel like the teams that went before us they were well known and did very well but it was because they were playing vegas and atlantic city and you know they did their thing there and i felt like we capitalized on how to make it profitable to hit those small casinos and the small casinos are where you find happy surprises you know like they're they're cutting off like you know 10 cards off the back of a six deck shoe or they're you know mispaying you in your benefit like you know at least one hand per shoe i mean that's an amazing advantage you have or they let you sit and play 17 straight hours and don't give you any heat i mean where are you going to find that in las vegas you're not yeah you're definitely not i I remember a place that was one of the it, it seemed like it was basically a tent that they had they had some security cameras and and you know uh two two uh pits and we would go there and we'd go there every week but they didn't they had double deck and they only had one cut card so once they would have you so they'd shuffle the cards and then they'd hand you the cut card and how they would uh put the cards in front of you for you to cut you could see the back card so if it's a seven eight or nine you don't worry about it if it's a small card you cut it um super uh thin because then they're going to put it um or if if it's a small card in the back you cut it super thin in the front so that that small card stays behind the cut card and you've effectively started with a plus one if um there there was which is like a true half with a double deck yeah absolutely if instead it was you know best case scenario an ace you do the the two card from the back cut so you cut the back two cards off, and, and you'd have to be very careful to get just those two cards because what they do is then they're going to burn the first card, and you know the next card's the ace, and you've got you know your whatever table limit. <laughs> Raise is. the bets, absolutely, and you don't look you know you just look like you're ready to gamble. But we used to you know love finding those places, play play those places week after week until you know I mean um, someone else that were. I don't know if he's going to go by his real name or not, but someone else that, that I'm going to be interviewing from our team, he was the king of that. He'd drive hours out of his way to some, and he might show up and they wouldn't have blackjack, Ugh. or he could show up and, and be there the next five days playing you know, 16 hours a day with some incredible conditions. But yeah, that was, that was definitely one of our... <clears throat> My favorite one-two punch was a, a double-deck game where uh, they would pretty consistently reveal their burn card and once the cards were in the shoe you could pretty consistently see the back card because a lot yeah. of times you could get yourself a, a true one yeah. before they dealt a card and then it just looks like you're a crazy big better putting your big bets absolutely. out absolutely that's awesome so before we uh finish up this this podcast uh do you have any advice for people that are either uh either um still training or have just, you know, they're, they're just starting to put things into practice. My first piece of advice is don't do this alone. 
find somebody, uh, have somebody deal to you, deal to somebody, because uh-huh. I think the lifeblood of surviving is having somebody to keep you accountable. Totally. Um, you were you were probably making mistakes that you aren't going to catch. Uh, you're probably going to get um, depressed when you have a losing session, Absolutely. and you need yeah. you know somebody to you know give you motivation and. So that's the the first and most important thing is have somebody that's sort of uh, you know your partner in crime, so to speak. Yeah, that's, uh, that's totally why we even you know decided to have a forum on the site because Ben and I can remember when we were first. I mean, the reason Ben and I teamed up is because I was playing on my own <laughs> and I was calling him probably five times a day to say, "What do I do in this situation? What do I do?" And he'd say, "I don't know. I don't know." But, you know, he was playing on his own and we could both very quickly see that we were just desperate for camaraderie. Yeah. And and we would be on, you know, blackjack forums, but uh, you know, we just wanted to find people that we could talk to about this, you know, cuz you're you're wife or girlfriend she can't really relate and your buddies they think that you're just a gambler you know yeah so to have people that can relate to both the highs and lows of the game is just so and i can't i can't tell you how many times that i would be out on the road and having a difficult go of it and you know thinking like oh this stinks Uh, i i'm not gonna be able to crawl out of this sort of emotional hole and then just by calling someone thinking you know oh whatever you know but just talking to someone yeah. who understands and it's like go 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 you can do it yeah. you know well get it back out there you know fight it's just it's it's so good to have someone who knows what you're dealing with to sort of pick you up because there yeah. are lots of moments to that you'll get down you'll you know drop your head think you're not doing something right or yeah. you know just depressed with the loss or whatever it is or you know you need you know travel directions and you're okay can you look up uh, an address for me on your on your computer or something yeah absolutely we should do a whole podcast on planning planning a good a trip planning yeah i love that i love yeah. thinking about that stuff we'll, we'll have to do that cool well uh thanks loudon for taking the time to tell us a little bit of your story and give some advice to other people out there and for those of you who stumble across this podcast uh it's from blackjack apprenticeship you can check us out and you know we're dedicated we've run teams we've played on our own we've won we've taken uh now i think it's safe to say we've taken millions from casinos yay and uh and we are dedicated to training others how to become advantage players how to think like advantage players and how to uh beat the casino at blackjack and uh beat the world in life (laughs) (laughs) Cool. All right, thanks. We'll see you guys next time. All right.